It is comedian Jal Judah with the third episode of Fat Girl Magic coming live from my seasonal depression. Um, just kidding. Um, today I wanted to talk about comedy and some of the misconceptions that I may have had or that other comics have dealt with before and after getting in the industry. Um, the first time I did comedy, I had no idea what to expect. I was always told I was funny, like when I was a kid and, you know, like riding a city bus in Dallas, shout out to the dart. Uh, people would tell me I was funny or I was a good storyteller and I never, you know, took it too seriously until my first open mic. Um, my first three open mics went pretty good until I realized you have to write material, like just standing on stage saying funny shit. It works for some people, but realistically... You can only say so much funny shit before you start repeating yourself. So I realized these people get up here, they write, they grow jokes, they modify. You know, as your life experience happens, your comedy happens. How you thought at 20 may not be how you think at 30. So you may take a joke that you started off with or you felt one way. And now that you're older, oh no, I don't feel that way. Let's switch it up. Let's change it up. So I asked several comedians what is something they wish people understood about entertainment or some of the misconceptions people had. Um, One of the comedians made a really good point. They said, I wish that people knew supporting a show means buying a ticket. I don't need you to just come see comedy because some people think, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to get in free. I know this person. But if you really want to support a comedian other than just being an ass in a seat, pay for your tickets. If you're not going to pay for your ticket... Buy a food and a drink item. You know, the money goes toward the bar. Sometimes comedians get paid off the bar, but sometimes venues don't want to book comics if they're not making money off of the bar or making money through the kitchen. So if you happen to get in for free, buy a drink, buy a bottle of water, buy that little cheap ass nacho platter. Just, you know, do something to show, yeah, this person puts ass in seats, but they also put money in pockets, you know, because at the end of the day, no matter how funny you are, if you're not making that money, people not really going to want to book you or, or donate, donate to your favorite comedian. Like they may be working on a project. They could be working on a book. They could be working on a series, drop a few dollars on them, like a few dollars here or there. Like if you got to miss a meal from McDonald's to support somebody, you know, forget that number one It's going to cost you like $8, but you could just drop $5 on your favorite local artist. It doesn't have to be comedy. Um, another comic said, just because we're comics doesn't mean you have to greet us with insults or roast. I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you. When I, like when I was out in the world trying to date and shit, I would tell guys, Hey, I'm a comedian. And some of them would immediately start trying to roast and want to have roast battles and shit. Um, that is not attractive. Don't nobody want to do that all the time. If your ass was a garbage man and you met somebody who's like, yeah, you know, I, you know I'm you know, i a sanitation specialist. Somebody's like, take my trash out. Would that be attracted to you? No, it's not. Um, 
And one thing about me, when I roast, I'm going for the headshot. Like, if you're like, oh, that's why you fat. I'm like, that's why your grandma missing the leg, bitch. Do not play with me. I want to end this, this roast battle as soon as possible. I don't like it. I'm sensitive. Stop. Don't, don't do it because I'm going to hurt your feelings. You're going to be mad. And then we're going to have a problem. Um, just talk to us like we're normal people. Um, oh, and there's something else. People always think because I'm an entertainer that I'm always quote unquote on. I have moments where I am on, where I tell a little joke, where I laugh or, you know, go into like, you know, this spiel. But sometimes I just want to be a normal person. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to pick up some tomatoes, some onions, some pads and walk my ass out of there. None, that shit does not go together. Sometimes I just need to get shit that don't go together. Just let me come in the store. Let me go out. I don't want to be funny all the time. And a lot of comedians, well, the majority of comedians I know, they are introverted when they're off stage. But when they're on stage, they're extroverted. They're loud. They're funny. They're people pleasers. You know, they come up there to give you a good time, give you a laugh. But sometimes when they're off stage, they're the quiet person that sits in the corner and observes and not the loud person who comes in trying to be the life of the party. That's okay. You might not be the same person at your job. You know, some people have to be tough and mean at their job, but they're the nicest people in real life. Or you have to be extra friendly, but in real life, you don't want to talk to nobody, you know. Um, also, <laughs> if you see us working with somebody, that does not mean we personally know that person. We don't necessarily have a phone number. We don't have an email. We don't go to their house. I can't tell you how many people... Uh, since I work with Monique, oh, can you, can you say that? Can you, uh, you know, get in touch with this person, get in touch with that person? You know, that's, I don't come to you and ask you who the CEO of McDonald's is and how to get in touch with them. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, oh, and another thing, um, a lot of times when y'all have jokes that y'all heard from somebody, um, I don't mean no offense unless you wrote that joke specifically for me or, you know, with something you wrote yourself. I don't want to use your joke. I don't want to use your personal experience unless it's something that ties into a personal experience. I hate. I don't mean no offense. Like me, you can ask my boyfriend. I love dad jokes. The cornier the dad joke, the stupider the dad joke, the more I like it. But you're not going to see me using dad jokes on stage because I'm not a dad. <laughs> like... It's not with my aesthetic. Um, but I say those things to more or less just say people think because you're in entertainment, that you're an artist, that you kind of work on your own, that everything is all roses and it's fun and there's no structure and no responsibility. But that's that's not the case with comedy at all. Um, I just want y'all to know that we do work hard on these jokes. We sit down and we write. Some of us have to do research. Some of us take some of the worst experiences we go through and turn it into a joke. Um, prime example, if you've seen me live, you know I do the joke about the stuttering boyfriend. The joke started off as maybe a three-minute joke, and it stemmed from an online dating experience I had. I was on, I can't even remember if it was POF or what. It was probably plenty of fucking fish, which, God damn it, don't do that shit to yourself. You deserve better. If you're on POF, you, you deserve better. You are basically dating inmates. Um, but this guy messaged me. He's like, yeah, 
Um, my wife divorced me. She left me for a woman because I stutter when I get happy or excited. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like from nope, not nope, but from get out. No, 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 no. And I took that shitty little conversation and turned it into like, what, a 10 minute, 15 minute joke with multiple punchlines. It can go clean. It can go dirty. It can be long. It can be short. But I took my personal experience and I expanded on it in a what if type of thing. Like, what if this happened? What if we gone on a date? What if we had made it? What if I had introduced it to my kids, you know? Um, but yeah, we take those personal experiences. I have jokes about kidney failure. I have a joke about my dad being cremated. Sometimes I have these jokes and sometimes I don't do them because, you know, every crowd's not perceptive to every single thing. Um... Oh, and one thing I wish people would know, like the heckling that you see in movies, please don't do that. For one, if you're coming to a comedy show, people paid their money to be there. Like even if the show was free to get in, people paid their gas money to get to that show. People get on stage. We actually work on this stuff. Um, Me personally... I've never really dealt with a heckler. It's not something. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I'm going to cuss you out and I'm going to move on. But like the heckling you see in movies like on uh, what, The Nutty Professor and like stuff like that. People, it's, it's not really like that. Just like if you go to New Orleans on Bourbon Street, people don't be butt ass naked. It do smell like piss. I'm, I'm not going to hold you. Bourbon Street smells freshly pissy even in the summer. But it's like, you know, you see all this stuff on TV and movies. That's not how it really is. Um, if you want to see something close to a real experience of comedy, there was a show, I think it was on HBO. It's called I'm Dying Up Here. Um, that's also the name of the book that it's based on. But if you watch that, I feel like that's more of a realistic view of comedy because those comedians ran the same jokes over and over, perfected their jokes. They dealt with, you know, a little bit of heckling here and there. Unlike the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's, it's not like that. Like, there are some people you can go see them and every night they'll have a new set, some jokes you never heard. But the majority of us, we have a set, we stick to it. We have moments to ad lib, we have moments to throw stuff in, we have moments to, you know, some people do crowd work and they want to know, hey, how long y'all been married? Have you ever dealt with this? Have you ever done that? But then some people get on stage like, hey, you know, when I was married, da 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 da. So, not every experience. Is going to be the same. Not every comedian or artist runs their show the same way. Um, oh, and a lot of us are actually very multifaceted. Um, shout out to uh, comedian Trey Mack in Dallas. He is a comedian, but he also sings. He does poetry. He Like the young man is very talented. Um, there are a lot of comedians who act. There's a lot of comedians who write. I've Published a book called See Me in 2017. George is currently working on a book. Uh, he published a book when he was 17. So, like, we work on books. Some of us are behind the scenes. Some of us produce. Some of us, some of us got Etsy shops, you know, make waist beads and earrings and shit. Like, just because we're comedians doesn't mean we're not multifaceted. Like, look at Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx started off doing comedy, was doing TV. He's doing music. He's doing acting. He's doing serious roles. He's in superhero films. Like comedians are very multifaceted. Um, just because we're funny and we're goofy all the time doesn't mean that's it. Because 
behind that funniness and that goofiness, a lot of us are dealing with depression. A lot of us are dealing with anxiety, PTSD. Like not all comics have mental or health issues, but a lot of us are dealing with things that y'all wouldn't even imagine. And that's what I really feel like it takes that darker side to make comedy what it is. If you can take the darkest moment in your life and turn it into a comedy special or make people laugh or use that to relay a message, like that is a gift in itself. Um, For example, if you watch Miss Pat on her Netflix special, she talked about a, a lot of traumatizing shit. Yeah, <laughs> crack babies. Yeah, she talked a lot about crack babies. Um, if you watch her TV show, she addresses it. I feel in a less um traumatizing way. Uh, she has a book where she talks about it. Um, it's the same story told in three different mediums. If you read the book versus the comedy, it might be more similar. But if you look at the TV show versus the comedy, it's the same story but told in different lights. I feel like that's how it is being a comedian. If I'm telling my boyfriend a story about some shit that happened, it may come off one way. If I'm telling on stage, it may come off another way. But if like I do a podcast or an interview, I could tell that story from a different point of view. So yeah, it's just it's it's layers to this shit and levels to this shit. Um, if you want to try comedy, I would encourage you to do it. Um Coming to it knowing that it's not the easiest thing to do. But if you have a genuine love and a genuine passion for comedy or for any art form, any entertainment form, if you have a genuine passion for it and you could do it and you love it enough that like, hey, I can do this and I might not get paid or I might not get paid a lot and you continue to do it. That's how you know that's your thing. Um, Because if you're in entertainment purely for money, you're going to be frustrated if you're on the front end. Like, if you just in it for money, do it on the back end. Produce, create. Um, yeah, because the front end, it's a lot of politics. Um, it's a lot of clicks. It's, it's a lot of stuff to deal with. Um, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade comedy for a lot of things. Like, it's my first love. Like, when I do comedy, I felt like... It was love at first sight. Like, I loved comedy and comedy loved me back. And it is like a relationship. We go through ups and downs. Sometimes I don't want to deal with it. Sometimes I can't stay away from it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to do this shit no more. And then I get booked for three damn shows and I'll be right back on stage. <laughs> I mean, it's like a relationship. You got to love this shit. You got to genuinely love this shit. It's like parenting. Sometimes you ain't going to be able to stand your goddamn kids. But you love they black asses. You love they little raggedy, snot face, hiding your shit, eating your snack asses. Oh, and here's my favorite part. Uh, questions that I do not like as a comedian. If you walk up to me, the first thing, please don't say, tell me a joke. Especially if we had a comedy show, just wait. If we out in public on a regular, like, let's be real. I'm a gutter but. Like, foul mouth bitch. You don't want me telling you a damn joke at church or in front of your grandkids. Don't do that shit. Um, and another comedian made a very good point. They said 90% of the time, we have absolutely no idea exactly what time we're on. If I'm on a lineup with 10 people, if you don't come, I get it. But if it's a lineup with me and three other people, you like, when do you go on? Just show the fuck up. 
you can sit there for two hours. If you can sit through a Marvel movie, you can sit through a comedy show. Like, it's kind of fucked up when people come and they only see one person. Like, it's been times I've walked into a show and it's been like 100 people. It's like five people on the lineup. Maybe I'm second to last or I'm in the middle. And, like, people come and they go up and then have the crowd walks out because they've seen the person they come to see. Like, that kind of sucks. And sometime in that situation, if somebody has a big following, they'll put them later in the show, that person later in the show, when they should have went like first or second based on their skill level, but they want y'all to stay there. Start staying through the show. Like, it's like going to a wedding where your daughter or son is a ring bearer or a flower girl and you leave after they walk down the aisle. Stay. I mean, like, stay with them. Because, you know, if they were, and then as a comic, if you know you're bringing all your people, Tell them to stay. Unless you just really hate the fucking comic that's going after you. I mean, you know, petty shit. But, like, tell them to stay. Enjoy the show. You already paid to be there. Enjoy the show. Stay and see my friends. Stay and support my friends. Because it's nothing worse than, as a headliner, oh, it's like, yo, it's 100 people out there. And then you come out on stage and it's 30 people. And you like, what the fuck? Because you will have instances where somebody will walk the crowd. That fucking sucks. But, like, just stay. Like, you saw your friend. Y'all had a good time. Stay and watch the rest of the people. Unless it's, like, 34 motherfuckers on the show. Then, you know, I get it. Um, other questions. Um, I hate when people ask a price. Knowing they not been to pay you. Oh, so it's $300 for you to drive four hours and to perform for, for 30 minutes. Uh, so you can't do it for 50 If I tell you what my price is. If you can't come up with something that is like beneficial or at least equal to the bare minimum, don't do that. Do, do not do that. Um, or I'll have people ask for quotes and I'll give them a decent price. And then they're like, well, can you do lower than that? Can you do less than this? If I gave you a quote and I'm being nice because I've quoted somebody a price for, hey, you're my sister's friend. So I'm going to just do it for this. Don't be like, oh, that's still too much. Like, dude, just... <laughs> If you can't afford it, don't ask. That's that's ridiculous. That's rude as hell. Um, and speaking of the money side of it, um, there's there's something else people have to understand. Um, on a good month, if I book a couple of shows, like just got somebody booking a couple of shows and they got a little extra money in their pocket one month, does not mean the next month is going to be lucrative. Cause you can go from seeing comics on five or six flyers for two or three months to not seeing them at all. There's ups and downs in it um and I feel like when you start out like you start hitting it high and you're like okay I'm booking I'm moving I'm doing things and either life will hit like when my kidneys fell I had to back off or like COVID like my boyfriend would say you like I was doing good I was winning contests I was doing all this and COVID hit and this you know his shit slowed down so in entertainment with it not being a regular nine-to-five job there's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some months where you making money, where you making moves. Some months you making moves and not making money, but it's never consistent when you're on an independent basis. Like if you're on tour or like you get on TV or you're doing something like that, like if you're doing that, it'll probably be more consistent, but it's just like a freelance job. Some months are plentiful. Some months are not. Like me, I don't like booking a lot in the winter because... It's snow and it's Texas. Motherfuckers can't drive in the snow. Motherfuckers can't drive in the rain. 
Like I knew I had to stop traveling in Texas as much when I saw motherfuckers in a Ford F-150 in a parking lot that was iced over doing donuts. You don't care about your life. You don't care about my life. You don't care about goddamn property damage, okay? These are the people that are driving on the Texas streets. And I like, that's why I really don't book a lot in the winter. And let's be real. Uh, COVID spikes in the winter. I'm not trying to be out there. I had COVID once. I'm not trying to get that shit again. I, mm -mm. I didn't like it. I don't recommend it. Um, I didn't lose no weight during COVID. So I was still fat with COVID. I didn't like that shit. Um, but yeah, like entertainment is really entertaining for the people who are partaking in it. It's not always um, entertaining for the people who are producing it. Like content creators, like people who drop seven, eight videos during the week, I give it up to you because guess who not finna do that shit? Me. Because you got to come up with different shit every time you drop something. Mm -mm. I can't do it. <laughs> I'd rather be on stage, not knowing where my next show is coming and dropping 45 videos on TikTok a month. I'm good. I, I like y'all, but I don't like y'all that much. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, like... uh. Comedy is something I really enjoy. Comedy is something I wish got more respect. Because it seems like a lot of people use that as a springboard. People coming from doing music or TV shows and want to do comedy. And then they get a comedy special on Netflix. or they selling out clubs. And then they think they're comedians. But I'm like, if somebody writing 90% of your jokes, you're an actor. You're an actor doing comedy. Um... But let me not get started on that because I don't want to get canceled. But don't laugh at me, George. I don't want to get canceled before, you know, I get started. Um, but, yeah, that's just really the topic I wanted to go with today. Um, yeah, I just wish more people have appreciation for comedy. Because there's so many great comics out there who don't get appreciated. Like David Arnold. Like, he was producing so many things, writing on so many things. He just got his second Netflix special and he passed away. I feel like... All the time I've been doing comedy, I've been hearing about how great he was. I've been seeing clips. I'm like, damn, this dude is amazing. I feel like he should have been more mainstream than he was. And now that'll never happen. Um, but yeah, if you have a funny local comic or somebody that makes you laugh or giggle, like support that person. Because look, the way people are dying, the way like local comics are dying, like comics that I know have been passing away, like, yo, go to a show. Like, watch a live. Like, you know, support. Just a little bit of support goes a long way. Share. Yeah, share uh, their posts, share their videos, text it to a friend. Like, you know, it's it only takes you three seconds to share something. Like, even if you don't watch this, even if you don't watch all my packet, click share it. Somebody might like it. I heard people say, like, oh, I don't got enough friends. <laughs> like look I don't got enough friends on my Facebook I'm like yeah still share it like one or two people might like it they might have more friends than you you know right. like cheering is caring god damn it um yeah that's really all like if you were listening to this thank you for bearing with me cause I'm still trying to figure out um exactly the direction I wanna go with Fat Girl Magic um initially I wanted to do like one of those crime podcasts but I heard so many stories of families saying that, you know, their relative stories were misrepresented or information was incorrect. And if I can't do it the right way, I'm not going to do it at all. I'm not saying I won't dive into doing 
you know, true crime podcast at some point. Just not right now. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sticking around. I'm going to try to figure out a more consistent schedule, figure out what feels right. Um, how often to post. Um, speaking of support, I didn't do all of that just to say this. I will be going to California in February for Chocolate Sundays. Um, I've been waiting since 2018 to do this. It's at the Laugh Factory. I think it's like on Sunset Boulevard. Um, but I will be taking donations uh, if you want to cash out or Zelle. We'll put that information in the description. Um, it's the first Sunday in February. Um, I just need to raise funds to travel because plane tickets are very expensive. Anybody who's tried to rent a car knows that rent a car is not possible, especially if it's not long term. So I'll probably have to Uber and I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm be rich. I'm not taking no goddamn bus in California. <laughs> no, um, you know, money to Uber or give like local comments gas money to get me there and back to the airport. Maybe even, you know, a cheap hotel. Cause trust me, they have really cheap. If you go to California, do not stay in La Adventure in. Um, somebody got shot in the ass and there were a lot of prostitutes. The prostitutes were nice. It's just the shooting that was the problem. But yeah, just like, you know, to get me to California so I can do Chocolate Sundays. They post on their website. They post on their YouTube. It's a really good opportunity. Um, if you're a comedian, I suggest you apply for it. You know, the wait list is not as long now because they're doing virtual Chocolate Sundays to audition and get there. But this is something I've been waiting on for years. It's one of the goals that... I wanted to meet and now I'm doing the Laugh Factory. Even if it is, you know, three, five minutes, it's still a good opportunity. Um, but yeah, if you want to donate a few dollars here or there, and you got hooked up on a hotel, you know, them little vouchers for Ubers, like, hit your girl up. I am eternally grateful. I hate asking y'all for shit. So like, if y'all want some earrings or some stickers or something for donations, just let me know. I am happy to show my appreciation that way. But at the end of the day, I appreciate anything, a dollar, five dollars, whatever, a gift card for some food. I don't care. Whatever it is, I appreciate it. I'm eternally grateful. And if you take these journeys with me, if you supported the things I've done before, I appreciate you eternally. Um, sometimes I don't feel worthy of the help or support, but I'm trying to get past that. And you guys are, you know, making that possible when y'all hit me up and, you know, tell me you're proud of me or you are rooting for me. I really do deeply appreciate that. Uh, but this has been episode three of Fat Girl Magic. Um, if you like what you heard, check us out. We have a podcast called A Couple of Blurs. That's me and regular as George. And if you like him, he has the humps. So, you know, we got a lot of ways to entertain you. You know, if you work bored, just want something to listen to, you know, tune in to us. We appreciate the views. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Hopefully, I'll figure this out and we'll have a better pattern. But until then, I'm Comedian Jow Judy. You guys, have a great night.